0: Learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at afsp.org slash talkawaythedark. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your guide to arts, culture, news, and politics in the Chicago area. And with the mayoral runoff election coming up on April 4th, we've got you covered. The first debate since Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson claimed their spots in the runoff takes place tonight, Wednesday night. We expect to learn more about how the candidates plan to reach voters and get more details on what a Vallis or a Johnson administration would look like. WBEZ politics reporter Tessa Weinberg is covering the ins and outs of this race. Tessa, you'll be attending the debate. What are some big things that you'll be watching for?
1: Yeah, I'm really curious how the two candidates um you know interact with each other and how they take up you know the stage. It's I think in the past debates, you know when it was often nine candidates, it was a very crowded debate stage. People would kind of get in their zingers or jabs here and there, but it was really hard to You know, hear much of substance from the candidates when they sometimes had less than a minute to respond or make their pitches. Um, So I'm really curious how the two candidates will start to give, you know, more specifics and details on some things. I think we've heard a lot of, you know, what they say they want to do, but not how necessarily they're going to approach some of those issues. Right. Um, So I'm looking for some more of those details and just to see, you know, how much on the offensive and attacks will go on with each other.
0: Well, uh, more uh, endorsements are being announced, right, as Mm -hmm. we get closer to this runoff election. Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle announced her endorsement for Brandon Johnson, and she joins the likes of Congressman Danny Davis. Brandon Johnson has the talent, the skill, the ability to group around him all of the experts that he will need in every area. And on the other side, former mayoral candidate Rod Sawyer is backing the Paul Vallis campaign. I grew up in Chicago and I grew up in City Hall and I know what it takes to get this job done. Paul has what it takes. We don't need another mayor who needs to learn on the job. We need somebody that's ready on day one. So Tessa, any other big endorsements backing the runoff candidate so far?
1: Yeah, it feels like every day there's been a new endorsement that we're, you know, constantly back at one of the candidates' events. Yeah. You know, Jesse White also endorsed Vallis as well. He's, you know, very popular, you know, well-known figure. Um, there is also um, Citadel founder Ken Griffin. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't, you know, necessarily maybe endorse Vallis, but he did say in an interview with Bloomberg News that, um, you know, he expressed support for Vallis. He right. feels like he would be the best choice for the city, which I think speaks to a lot of the the business support and business community um, and the way they've really coalesced around Vallis. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Johnson, though, has, you know, big names supporting him as well. Tony Preckwinkle, you know, um, endorsed him. She she, you know, made it to the runoff four years ago against Mara Lightfoot. She spoke about how uh, Johnson and her both have roots as teachers, and said she felt Johnson would, and um, you know, really govern from you know a bottom up strategy and listen to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I mean, so we're talking big groups here: the CTU, the American Federation of Teachers, over on the Valley side, in addition to the ones you mentioned, uh, the FOP, right, mm-hmm. the Fraternal yeah. Order of Police, the Chicago Tribune Gazette, Chicago. So, how much impact do you think these endorsements? will actually have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, now in the runoff election with candidates having, you know, so only a few weeks now to, to really make their pitch. Um, I think some of these endorsements from well-known figures like Preckwinkle or Jesse White, you know, I think that that could have an impact. These are people of wide name recognition. You know, um, people like Jesse White are, you know, incredibly popular. Um, you You know, people know that name from seeing it on their driver's licenses. And so I think, you know, some of those names are going to have some sway and I think are also emblematic of how both candidates are really trying to, um, you know, draw support um, with black voters as well. Um, and I think, you know, both of them are definitely vying for, um, you know, Lightfoot supporters, Garcia supporters, some of these um, people who voted for the other candidates. So yeah. um, I think seeing them jump in the race, you know, could definitely have an impact. And with some of these other groups comes, you know, big checks that will yeah. also come in the campaign. Well,
0: let's go back to something you, you started with, and that was the way they interact with each other, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be paying close attention to that. How have they interacted in the past? In these debates.
1: Yeah, I would say they have not been the ones doing the attacking as much. I would say, like Johnson, um, in some of these debates, was often the focus of a lot of attacks from mm. people like Lightfoot or activist um, J Maul Green. Mm-hmm. Um, I would
0: say Vallis was too. Yeah, definitely. At least at the forum we hosted here yeah. at WBEZ, you, know, you had Lightfoot, you had Garcia. Mm-hmm even Sophia King sort of mm-hmm. turning and saying, well, uh, I know we agree on some things, but we're very different.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Just folks
0: trying to separate themselves from from Vallis.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it signaled how even their opponents, you know, in the general election, saw these two as potential front runners and that they had to go on the offensive. So I'm, you know, curious of how much they'll, um, on the debate stage, really be vocal about attacking each other. You know, ahead of the debate, Johnson's campaign, they've already put out uh, a statement from one of his surrogates um, criticizing Vallis's, you know, record on budget issues. So we'll see if that's something mm-hmm. that he really, Really drills down on during the debate. You know, even in the past week, Johnson, he highlighted um, critical comments Vallis made about teaching critical race theory and anti-racism in schools. And he said Vallis, um you know, is a man that does not respect black people. And Vallis responded saying, you know, that his record-serving minority communities is clear mm-hmm. um, and that he was going to focus on the issues. So we'll see how much Valis really, you know, brings some of those attacks, you know, tonight. Or if he's going to keep saying, you know, I'm focused on crime and public safety, which I think he's been yeah. really singularly focused well, on. Well, what do you think
0: Vallis could try to use against Johnson mm-hmm. tonight.
1: I think we've seen him um, when he has responded um sometimes you know saying Johnson lacks ideas or criticizing that um you know he that Valis has a longer record of public service and pointing to his past you know work on education and budget issues as as his record um and I think you know maybe we'll see uh you know, I'd be curious to see if he presses him on, on some of his uh previous, you know, comments about um support for defunding the police, which Johnson has kind of backed away from a little bit That's more right. recently. Um, And I think, you know, we'll see Johnson, you know, be very critical of Valls' education record, his support from groups like the FLP, um, which he's already, you know, in his speech on election night was already kind of referencing some of those things. So I think those will be some of the areas that we might see them um, continue attacks on.
0: I'm curious what you think are issues that the candidates haven't been so clear on thus far, as far as their policies and and their plans?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I'm definitely curious to hear more specifics. Um, For example, you know, both candidates in one area they're similar have said they won't increase property taxes. Um, But I'm curious, you know, what other ways that they want to point to generating revenue for the city and how they'll do that then um, in order to, you know, tackle things like the city's pension crisis. Um, So I think some of those things we, you know, we know what their top line uh, stances are, but I'm Mm -hmm. really curious to see what details they provide and then how they maybe Different those pr- approaches when they start to get into specifics more. Yeah,
0: a lot of different sectors looking to hear from these candidates for mm-hmm. sure. Recently we had some guests on from the theater sector mm-hmm. as well, and they said, well, we've already seen where Johnson stands when it comes to the arts, but we, we're looking for Mr. Vallis to mm-hmm. put something forth as far as his support for the arts in, in Chicago. Um, what do you think Vallis and Johnson will need to work on in order to get more voters behind them?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, well, Vallis, you know, he came in first in the general election. So I think Johnson definitely needs to, you know, he probably has a little more ground to cover in terms of, you know, introducing himself to more voters, trying to get some of that other support. Um, And I think both of them, I think, are trying to really build these multiracial coalitions. You know, they've talked about how they're going to be a mayor for the entire city. And so I think that's going to continue to be um, something that we're going to see in the final weeks of them, you know, ensuring that they're moving outside of their bases of support to really, you know, have this, this broad base of support across the city, across racial groups, mm-hmm. um, across ideologies. Um, and so I definitely think that's something that they're both focusing on and we'll see them do.
0: Before you go, where can folks watch the debate tonight and, and what else are you Looking for in the coming weeks?
1: Yeah, so the debate um, it'll be at six p.m. tonight on NBC Five and Telemundo on TV, and it's also going to be live streamed on NBC's website, so people can tune in there. Um, Yeah, and I'm really curious. You know, I feel like so many of these debates, you know, you could almost predict what the the candidates' answers would be to questions, and and so I'm really curious to see how they show new sides of themselves tonight. You know, move beyond some of their typical anecdotes or stump speeches, um, and really just show us new sides of them as a candidate. And so um, I'm curious to. In addition to their policy ideas and things like that, of just getting to, to see new new layers of the candidates themselves. Yeah. So, Tessa Weinberg is a city government and politics reporter for WBEZ. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason, edited by Stephanie Kim, featured reporter Tessa Weinberg, and was hosted by me, Sasha Ann Simons. Happy International Women's Day, everyone. This year's theme is Embrace Equity. So if you have a minute, take a listen to our conversation from earlier in the week about why and how in 2023, women still make just 82 cents for every dollar men earn. One nice thing about that conversation is while we dissect the problem, we also talk solutions. You can find that one by scrolling through our podcast feed. That's it for this episode of Reset. We hope that you'll join us for another one soon.